0: The Bible teaches us, and we 've seen through the Book of James, that it's the wisdom book of the Bible, just as Proverbs is the wisdom book to the New, of the Old Testament. James is practical wisdom to the book or uh, to the New testament it 's an incredibly powerful book, an amazing practical book, and we 've enjoyed journeying through this and seeing how God can really make this truth so relevant and so personal to us today. And today we want to continue this journey tonight, and I pray that you would please uh, give the Spirit of God a listen this evening. Help the Word of God, I pray, or allow the Word of God to have its work in your heart this evening. I going to speak very a little personally tonight as well. Just want, uh, I want to capture the heart that it's put in here this evening, and I pray that you would allow the Spirit of God to do that. Let's begin by reading James chapter 5, verse number 19. Notice what Scripture says. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Father, once again, I need your wisdom. I need your help. Strengthen your people now, I pray through the word of God. Help us to see your heart, James' heart, for people. In Jesus' name, amen. James truly had a heart for people. He truly loved people. He loved, as a pastor, the people of Jerusalem. He loved the brethren that were scattered abroad. He loved working with children of God how many times have we seen throughout this book brethren once again tonight we see that same statement brethren he's talking to his family he's talking to those who are brothers and sisters in Christ and as he's speaking to them he endears them to his heart this evening the Bible tells us and shows us that it's very evident how he loves people starting all the way from the very first verse of this book. In James 1.1, 1, 1, we see James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes, which are scattered abroad, greeting. He knew that people were going to be all over when he addressed them, when he approached these subjects. They were scattered abroad and of course they were scattered from Jerusalem and we can see the context in Acts, uh, especially Acts chapter 9 when the church was scattered. And as the church was scattered we can see how James addressed them and James wanted them to grow in grace and in nurture of the Lord. James loved people and he wanted to encourage the brethren. And as Brothers and sisters in Christ walk with God, he knew that people would come across some temptations. In James chapter 5, verse number 19, look at that first phrase with me once again. He says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, that word err means to wander away to step away, to go a direction in which God did not intend. He says, if any do err from the truth. You see, it's easy for a person, for a child of God, to err or to wander away from the truth. You see, there are deceptions that the devil uses as we walk with the Lord to distract us and to get us off course to get us to go a direction which we ought not to go, to get us to stray and to wander away, to err from the truth. One of the main tools that Satan uses to distract us is the very blessing of God in prosperity. If you will remember with me, all the way back in the book of Genesis, a man by the name of Lot. Lot was the nephew of Abraham, the patriarch of Israel, Lot and Abraham had much much wealth. Their flocks and their herds had grown to the point to where all of their servants, all of their employee, uh, employees that they worked with were actually beginning to argue and battle one another because of the contention between the two. As they battled for ground, as they battled for water, as they battled for a field. And so they made a choice. Abraham took his nephew and said, look, you choose which direction you're going to go. You choose one way and I'll go the other. He says, look at the plains and see which way you want to inhabit. To take your flocks, to take your herds. We know the story how Lot looked towards the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. God had blessed him, and this looked like further blessings. Oh, it looks so beautiful. Oh, it looks so bountiful. Oh, it looks so uh, wonderfully pleasant to the eyes, and Lot chose faithfully Sodom and Gomorrah. And as he chose those well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, we know the story of how that would be a fatal decision, a decision truly that would end up taking the life of his daughters, sons-in-law. It would take the life of his own wife. It was a fateful decision. You see, she. uh, You see, this family got. caught up with the temptation to look at prosperity god was leading them one direction and as god was leading them one direction they began to be enamored with the prosperity with the blessings of what god had provided God had been so very good to them. God had blessed them. And they got distracted by those things. And instead of God being the one to whom they were looking to, they began focusing upon the very blessing that God had provided. They began looking at the fruitfulness. They began looking at all that God had provided with them. And they began to make the blessings, God, instead of God being their God, so easy to do. God loves to bless His people. God loves to love on His people. God loves to be good, better than any good father could even envision being to His people. He loves to bless. He loves to be bountiful towards us. And as He does so, the temptation can occur to follow those things, to follow that prosperity and to go a direction in which one ought not to go. The prosperity is not wrong. The blessings that God gives is definitely not wrong. But it is wrong to make those an idol, to make those God instead of God himself. And oh, how often we see the children of Israel doing that very thing. How often do we see the children of Israel beginning to follow a direction in which they are likewise following the blessings and the prosperity of, uh, of, of, that God has blessed them with and then God has to bring chastisement and then has to take those things away and Israel repents and comes back to the Lord and over and over and over again we see throughout the Old Testament that very thing and how often it is that we follow that same pattern. Oh, my friends, the blessings of God are wonderful to enjoy, but never allow those things to be a distraction used by Satan to get our eyes off of Jesus, to get our eyes off of where God wants us to be focused upon. It's a wonderful thing that God loves us so that He wants to bless us. But the temptation is to make that God of those blessings instead of the God of the blessings our wonderful love and, follow, and, admira- and admiration. But not only is there a danger, if we could put it that way, to the prosperity, there's also a pit, a ditch on the other side of persecution. Think about how many times in which Israel had some trials. Think as they went through the out of the... Uh, out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And they embattled trial after trial. Test after test, if we could put it the way. Maybe if we can use the analogy in the New Testament of a persecution. And as they looked for water, as they looked for food as they looked for uh the things in which they would need as necessities instead of trusting god that god would provide they would begin to complain and begin to make plans to go back to egypt and to get rid of moses and to go away in which god never intended those persecutions became what they became a distraction that satan used to get their eyes off of where God wanted them to be. They wandered away. There's a temptation when circumstances don't go our way or go the same direction in which we thought it should go or was going to go to begin to allow that persecution to bring doubt and even cast blame upon our very God. This past year has been a trial. This past year has been a time of unusual circumstances and unusual dealings. I wonder who may even be just tuning in for just a couple of minutes that used to sit in these very seats and used to worship God with us and sing songs like we sang just a moment ago. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. I believe God and used to rejoice together, but now the persecutions has caused one to wander away, to err from the truth. I wonder as we try to communicate and we're not perfect, and I understand that, but we try to communicate, we try to keep in constant communication and to keep a uh, 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 the line open, and it makes one wonder when we see no response back, and that's in many ways the ministry. many ways it seems like it's one-way communication. I'm not saying it's the majority, but it, it seems like that at times where we try to be an encouragement and we wonder if it's been an encouragement or help at all. We wonder if the Word of God has done a work in anyone's heart at all. There seems to be often a one-way communication and it makes one wonder when there is one-way communication throughout this time and we've not heard from some in many, many months and we've tried and we've corresponded and yet it seems to be no response back. Could it be that this persecution, this trial, this time has been a moment in which has given room in your heart to Satan to take you a direction in which you ought not to go? There are some that err from the truth because of prosperity. There are some that wander away because of persecution. Oh, and there's many other reasons in why a child of God may choose to begin to wander away. It's never usually an intention to go out into deep sin or to go out and do something wicked or exceedingly sinful. Usually it's a gradual process usually it begins with just a short time of choosing not to nurture and admonish that relation excuse me that relationship with god and since there is a little communication with god it begins a downward slope in which one begins to step away further and further from god oh how important it is to stay in contact with god Allow Him to speak to you through the Word of God and speak to Him through prayer. Oh, as we hear the voice of God from His wonderful and powerful Word, His inspired and preserved words, as we hear and read those wonderful truths, it warms and challenges our hearts. It helps us to see the very heart of God and the mind of God. And as we get on our knees and pray, it helps our heart to be yielded and surrendered to the mighty heart of God. Oh, how important it is to have that relationship, that steadfast, a walk with God. I'm reminded of Enoch and Abraham and many others in the Word of God that God walked with them. What a wonderful thing it is to walk with the Lord. A famous violinist was asked how long he practiced every day. He replied that he spent 10 to 12 hours a day with his instrument. Someone asked what would happen if you slacked off. After one day, he said, I would know it. After two days, the conductor would know it. And after three days, the orchestra would know it. And after that, everybody would know it. A violinist sees the importance of diligent practice, of diligently keeping that skill and that talent honed. Oh, how much more important it is to walk with the Lord, to walk with God. Sometimes we become very adept at hiding this from everyone else. We might even go weeks, months, and sometimes even years without ever cracking open the Word of God outside of Sunday morning or Wednesday night service. We might go months and even years sometimes without even bending our knee one time and praying and asking God to change and to move in our hearts. We might be able to fool everyone around us that we are spiritually okay, but inwardly we know that the God of heaven knows our heart. Inwardly we know that our spirit is as far away from God as could possibly be. One day it will manifest itself. One day it will lead to a fruitfulness in which one looks to and says, I wish I had not gotten that direction. I had not gone that way i wandered away i've erred from the truth the bible teaches us that as james saw those who would err from the truth and certainly he saw those who erred from the truth just like you just like me he reminds us in the last part of verse number 19 and one convert him That word convert there means to turn back. It literally means seeing someone walking off of the path in which God has for, And as that individual walks back to encourage that individual to turn back and to come back to the Lord, to come back to Him. James loved people. He knew his half-brother Jesus Christ God Himself loved people and knew that Jesus, His Savior, gave of Himself for the world. He knew the heart of His God. He knew the heart of Jesus Christ. He knew that God would want to go after those who have gone astray, who have wandered away wonderful, powerful illustration of this is in a parable in which Jesus told in Matthew chapter 18, turn there if you would, look at this verse with me. I want you to see the power of this verse. In Matthew chapter 18, verse number 12, notice what the Bible says, how think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountain and seeketh that which is gone astray? If so be that he findeth, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Jesus spoke of the heart of God that went after those, that goes after those that wander away, that leave the, that leave the flock and go a direction in which they ought not to go. The heart of God goes after them. The heart of God goes to reclaim that which is lost and bring them back to the flock. Verse number 14, Jesus says, Even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. God chases, God wanders, God goes after the heart of the individual that wanders away. He wants to reclaim. He wants to turn back. He wants that individual to come back to the Lord. And oh, how wonderful it is that God so wonderfully loves us and cares for us that He would go and seek after us. And that very heart is what James expresses in verse number 19. If one err from the truth. And if one goes to convert him, to turn him back. A person, a child of God, that loves the Lord and sees a brother or sister in Christ goes a direction in which they are not to go or should not go. Their heart wants to encourage them to come back to come back to the flock, to come back to where God protects, and grows and leads and directs us. This is a hard thing. Because as one loves people and one has that heart of God that desires to go after that to which those who have wandered away as we reach out and as we try to help them to turn back and to encourage their hearts to come back to God, we risk some perceptions. We risk some misunderstandings. We risk some even accusations. Things like, why are you so legalistic? that you would encourage me to come back to church, that you would encourage me to come back to God. After all, grace allows me to do whatever I want. Well, that's not what grace is. That's a devil's perception of grace. Grace helps us do right. It never helps us to wander away. Those who are fighting against that very thought of turning back to God, might begin to cast accusation like all you're wanting to do is build a big church, all you want to do is have a big congregation, all you want to do is to grow and expand or to have bigger ties and all all you want to do is have a little more funds. That's not what the heart of God is. That's not what the heart of a person who loves people and loves the children of God is after in any way. And as we reach out to others and encourage people to turn back, we risk some perceptions. But oh, how wonderful it is when God does touch that heart, when God does reach out and reclaim that lost and one and bring them back to the flock. What encouraging things Things that is, what a powerful thing that is. There's a burden there and a concern to help. And my friends, that's the heart in which we earnestly desire to help and to reach out. I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor, but it burdens and it breaks my heart when there are people whom we've loved and we've invested in the Word of God has changed and worked in their hearts as they've walked away and they refuse to communicate back. It breaks my heart. It breaks the heart of God. This is not something that's just 21st century Christianity. This happened all the way since time began. And all the time God continues to reach out and says, You're my child. Come back. Turn back. Oh, would you come back this way? Would you come back to where I want to protect you and want to lead you and direct you? I've got such wonderful things in store for your life that will fit and complete you in every way. He says, I want to work in your heart and life. I I, I want you to see my goodness in every area of your life. How wonderful it is to have that relationship with God. May we have that burden, may we have that heart that is willing to risk some things, even some false accusations, even some misperceptions to try to reach that individual that's wandered. God tells us through James the blessing of that in verse number 20. Notice it with me, please. He says, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Years ago, When I resigned Grace Baptist Church in Enfield, and God was moving us here. I didn't know in what capacity. But there were some things that began to happen outside of both ministries, of both this ministry and of Grace Baptist, that deeply hurt my heart in some areas. The pastor of the church from the Bible call a Bible seminary that we went to went into sin, sadly and tragically lost his ministry. A talented man. And then I began to watch friends. I began to watch those who helped even my family and I physically and also even financially to provide for my family. Begin to part ways and begin to cut off all communication. That surprised me. Because I had nothing to do with what that pastor did. Why was I being judged for what someone else did that I had literally no relationship or very little relationship with at all? Why was I being condemned because of something in which I was in, had no way involvement in? And yet there were friends and there were some dear supporters that, We loved and prayed for dearly that simply just said walked away and just even sent some harsh letters stating of our affiliation like somehow we helped that man go into sin, which was not the case in any way, we were in different countries, had never spoken on the phone or even emailed in any correspondence at all. And yet I was being ostracized and condemned by some friends that I thought would be in ministry for years and years to come. That hurt. My family and I began to travel to raise some additional funds and it seemed like as we tried to raise funds, it seemed like all we would do is... Spin our wheels as again that situation would come up and we would be looked over or even bypassed or even not even entertained as a gospel ministry because of what someone else had done. It wasn't right, it was wrong, but it hurt nonetheless. After about two years of trying to get here, trying to come back and to work with the founding pastor here of this ministry, I sat down with a friend, a relationship that we had developed while I was pastoring down in London. We were at his home, and he and I went out for a time, and I just poured my heart out to him, and I said, I'm struggling with this. Spiritually, I wasn't where I ought to have been. I'd allowed some persecutions to take me a direction which I ought not to go. I just poured my heart out to him and I said, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling with this. Should I just simply give all this up and go a different direction? What should I do? I'll never forget what he said. And he looked at me and he says, you can only keep doing that which is right. I'm thankful for a friend who was willing to be a friend. That as I sh- shared my burden, he encouraged me to just keep doing right. Not much longer, and I would get a phone call saying that Scummersdale Baptist Church would need a Pastor. Months later, God would place us here. I'm thankful for people like that who are willing to listen to a difficult conversation, to carry a burden, to be able to just to shoulder and to even catch a falling tear, to help one who was erring from the truth. That type of spirit, James says, saves a soul from destruction. Saves a soul from death. Saves a soul from going into an area where light, like Lot, ends up with simply death and despair left behind. And notice he says, and shall hide a multitude of sins. I do not believe that this is speaking of covering sin, like as in hiding some criminal behavior. That's not what James is speaking of here at all. But I believe as he's speaking of trying to warn a soul to come back, Before it's too late, before they enter into a situation like Lot where death comes into the picture, where destruction comes into one's life, but it's rather hiding a multitude of sins, it's saying, look, if you go that direction, you will encounter, you will... Uh, you will fall into areas of sin that will hurt you and will ruin you. I would rather hide you from that. I would rather cover you from that. I would rather protect you from that and to bring you back to where God wants you to be. Let me encourage you to walk back with the Lord. Let me encourage you to get back where you want, where you ought to be. Let me encourage you to redirect your steps. Oh, because God loves you and he wants the very best for you. He's got the best. He, 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 he truly is better to you than what you could ever possibly envision. Come back to God. You won't regret it. I believe James looks at this thought and thinks of the blessedness, the blessed life of a man, of a woman, who truly encourages a wayward child of God to come back. God. The heart of God wants what is best for you and for me. His will is no way oppressive. It's every part fulfilling. May I encourage you tonight to see the heart of James and his power powerful verses. Don't go that way. Don't err. Come back. Let's keep going. Let's keep walking with the Lord. Let's keep enjoying that relationship with Him. Let's allow God to shape our lives to what is best for each of us. God loves you. Child of God, he loves you more than you could possibly envision. He loves you more than the deepest relationship that you've ever had. He loves you to the very depths of your being. Come back. May I encourage every child of God who's enjoying a relationship with him, enjoying that wonderful time of walking with the Lord, may I encourage you tonight that as we see wayward brothers and sisters in Christ, may I encourage you to seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit of God to reach out with a heart of love, a heart for people that wants to encourage people to get back to truth back to God God blesses that God encourages that may we have that same heart James was a wise man he pastored a large church he saw a lot of issues he handled a lot of circumstances he navigated pastoring in a hostile Environment like Jerusalem marvelously for years and years. And maybe one of the reasons why he did so was because of that heart for people. May I encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate that heart.